what we know about the Boston Bruins opening night roster, what we learned from Media Day on Monday, and who I expect to win the Eastern and Western Conferences, as well as the Stanley Cup. All of this on a very busy episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome to an NHL opening night episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Tuesday, October 11th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So please do open up your podcast app, visit the Locked On Bruins YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode this season. If you're on Twitter and Instagram, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins. And you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. I am a lifelong Bruins fan. I've been covering this team for various outlets for about 17 years now. And I'm very excited for the 2022-23 Bruins to get started tomorrow night against the Washington Capitals. And on tomorrow's show, I'll be joined by the host of Locked On Capitals to preview that game. So Monday was a wild one around the NHL as a ton of players were on the waiver wire, including three Bruins. At 2 p.m. Eastern Time, we learned that Nick Foligno, Chris Wagner, and Mike Riley had indeed cleared waivers, not claimed by any of the other 31 teams around the NHL, giving us a bit of clarity in terms of who will be on the opening night roster. Those three players were assigned to AHL Providence, giving the Bruins a buried cap penalty of $4.775 million. That's what it costs to bury these guys in the NHL. Oh, sorry, in the AHL. For now, at any rate. Because as it stands, as I record, the Bruins have 12 active forwards, 6 active defensemen, and 2 goalies. I'm not a huge math guy, but that gives them only 20 players on the active roster. You need to field a roster of 23. Also at the moment, Charlie McAvoy, Brad Marchand listed on injured reserve. Meaning, their cap hits still count against the Bruins cap as long as they're on normal injured reserve and not 
long-term injured reserve. If the Bruins were to place them on LTIR, then their cap hits would not count against uh, the Bruins, and they'd be free to add those AHL-bound players back into the mix. So there's still some maneuvering here for the Bruins. And they need to activate either a couple more defensemen. There's only six active at the moment, including Matt Grizzlick, who may or may not be able to play tomorrow night against the Capitals. And only the 12 defensemen. So you're either going to have a couple more forwards and defensemen or a couple more defensemen and a forward added to the mix. My guess is... The Bruins, at some point today, will announce a deal for Anton Strahlman, making him uh, the seventh defenseman, provided uh, Matt Grizzlick is able to play. He did travel with the team to Washington. Then perhaps Strahlman or Clifton will be the extra defenseman on opening night. If Grizzlick can't play, then we could see a situation where Mike Riley is recalled to play in his absence. There's only 12 active forwards at the moment. So do the Bruins recall Chris Wagner, who has a smaller cap hit than Nick Foligno? Do they bring Foligno back? I know that Jim Montgomery was impressed with Foligno in the preseason finale over the weekend. So still some moving parts here for the Boston Bruins. As it stands, with the 20-man roster in place, they only have $408,000 in cap space. So something has to give here. Either one or both of McAvoy and Marchand go on LTIR, and some guys are recalled. Maybe they sign Anton Strahlman. They probably will. And perhaps, yeah, somebody's recalled in time for tomorrow night's game. Now, the Bruins do practice this morning at 11.30 in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, They traveled early, presumably for some team bonding to get settled in advance of tomorrow night's season opener. And uh, we'll have some more clarity later on today. But as it stands, Felino, Wagner, Riley assigned to Providence. McAvoy, Marchand on injured reserve, not long-term injured reserve. Anton Strawman yet to be signed. And the Bruins have only 20 active skaters for tomorrow night's game with just over... in cap space. So, either someone's moved and that buried cap penalty comes off the books. Perhaps they can find someone to take a Mike Riley or a Nick Foligno or Chris Wagner. Or they place these guys on LTIR, give themselves some breathing room and deal with it later on in the season when Martian and McAvoy do indeed come back. Making the team 
are the likes of A.J. Greer, Jack Stanika, uh, Trent Frederick, Thomas Nosick. They round out the bottom six with the usual suspects in place, including Taylor Hall, who appears as though he might be able to play on Wednesday, despite having recently been listed as week-to-week. Instead, he's only one week, and it looks as though he might be able to play tomorrow night. Uh, He suffered an upper body injury against the Philadelphia Flyers. He says he feels good, and he's on track to play on Wednesday. Now, do they keep the check line together of Pavel Zaka, David Krejci, David Pasternak, put Taylor Hall on the top line with Patrice Bergeron and uh, Jake DeBrusque? It's a possibility. Or they go with the original plan of putting Zaka with Bergeron and DeBrusque and putting Hall with Krejci and Pasternak. But it's a good problem to have. And... Um, again, Matt Grizzlick appears close to a return as well, although he might not be ready for the season opener, and that will perhaps require either the addition of Anton Strahlman, recall of Mike Riley, or both. So keep an eye on Cat Friendly uh, today, for sure, and... Uh, If there's anything big that happens, I'll be sure to post a bonus video on the YouTube channel. Now, before we get to what uh, management coach had to say yesterday on Media Day, a quick word about Built Bar. If you haven't tried their puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? It's delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right, Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. But it's healthy for you. They have only 160 calories, 15 grams of protein in them. What's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with a collagen protein that your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff or any of the amazing offerings that Built.com has in their arsenal. So Monday in Boston, um, CEO Charlie Jacobs, team president Cam Neely, general manager Don Sweeney, and head coach Jim Montgomery gathered and took some questions from media members. And here are some of the more important bits that we learned. First of all, on a contract with Anton Strahlman, um, Don Sweeney said he obviously had a good camp. 
He's been a welcome addition to the group. Uh, speaking for the coaching staff and conversations they've had with Montgomery, he's comfortable with him and would add to the group. They were just waiting to look at the roster, see what they were going to do after yesterday's waiver deadline, and they planned to speak again yesterday. We could have a deal announced here uh, today. Obviously, without Charlie McAvoy, everybody knows that the defense will be not as good. Sweeney said he's a unique player. They're going to miss him. And the whole team has to recognize that they have to step up in his absence as well as in the absence of uh, Brad Marchand. No surprise there. David Pasternak was a big topic as well. Sweeney said both sides have been open about continuing their talks. He doesn't think there's any change at all from the standpoint of both sides wanting to reach a deal. But up until that point, they're communicating regularly and when Pasta feels comfortable, hopefully they'll be able to finalize the deal. There's no timeline still, but they're going to have to communicate almost every day and see if they can find the finish line. David, of course, is a special player, Jacobs said. Uh, try not to comment about ongoing negotiations, but David is obviously that special player. Ownership's aware. They need to be aggressive in trying to re-up with a new contract. And to that end, Sweeney and Cam have been working on it. Don Sweeney was asked if he believes the team will be a contender this year, and he said yes, he likes the group. It's a two-fold issue, obviously. They have to get healthy and stay healthy. Um, performance will be dictated. Health will be a factor, but he likes how the group has come together overall. He likes the balance, but the players have to go out and perform to what they believe the expectations are. The Jacobs are looking to see a style of play and team uh, performance that removes what was left on the table last year in the playoffs. It stinks when you lose a game seven, and there's high expectations here. They're coming off a 51-game season. They believe the coaching change will help, and you know Cam Neely wants them to compete every night and um, for the core group to step up and make good on what could be this last opportunity for the likes of Bergeron and Krejci. There was one interesting uh, bit of the media availability where Cam Neely was asked about how Don Sweeney handled his job last season. Neely said the narrative on Sweeney is a little frustrating for him. They missed on the high side in 2015, but he's tired of talking about 2015. He said if you look at who the Bruins have drafted from 2015 to 2018, um, maybe a little too soon to look at 2019 through 2021. But if you look at players the Bruins have drafted 
how many games they've played. He thinks it's among the highest in the league. Now, if we look at those years from, uh, let's say, 2015, 2016 through 2018, I mean, you have Jake DeBrusque, who's played 321 games. Brandon Carlo, second-round pick in 2015, 403 games. Jeremy Lozon played a bunch for the Bruins, has gone on to play elsewhere. Um, Charlie McAvoy, Trent Frederick, Ryan Lindgren have played a bunch of games from the 2016 draft. Lindgren, of course, traded to the New York Rangers. After that, you know, zero games from the 2018 draft. A few from 2017, although Jack Stanika, Jeremy Swayman, we already know how impactful the goalie has been, and Jack Stanika hopefully going to make an impact here this season. But from the 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and 22 NHL drafts, obviously 2022 doesn't count, zero games played so far from all those drafts. It's a bit early, of course, but... Uh, you know, Vakaninen was traded to the Ducks. I don't have that information off the top of my head as to comparables, but they've certainly hit on some guys, McAvoy especially. Um, the narrative may be a little skewed because of 2015. A lot of teams have whiffed on some picks before and since, but it's obviously magnified because of those three in a row. Uh, was there anything else that was interesting? Um, another note about Pasternak. Cam Neely said roster construction will be, of course, a consideration for Pasternak. A shot first winger certainly wants to know who his center is going to be. They've made it clear to Pasternak that they're very aware of that particular position moving forward, and they're going to do everything they can to fill that void when that happens, i.e. if Bergeron and Krejci are indeed done after this season. He sees that they signed McAvoy long-term, two goaltenders that are with them, Lindholm long-term, Hall's here for a few more years, Marshan for a couple more years. They're not stripping it down by any means, Neely said. He's certainly been told that, he recognizes that, he knows they're in a good position this year, and they're here to show everybody they're not stripping this thing down. They're going to continue to build on it. And that's very fair. You know, they have pieces in place for the future. Obviously, center is the center of discussion, and they'll have an opportunity to address that next offseason if indeed Marchand, I'm sorry, Bergeron and Krejci are not coming back. So those are the things that we learned. Mostly nothing uh, too groundbreaking. The 2015 comment was interesting from Neely. The um, Pasternak updates, Strawman update, and I expect we'll get some clarity on Strawman here today as we look towards to tomorrow night's opening night roster. Before I bring forth my 
predictions for this season. I just want to thank you so much again for making Locked On Boston Bruins part of your day every single day. Again, free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. And tomorrow, again, I'll be joined by the host of Locked On Capitals to tee up tomorrow night's season opener in Washington. Now, I'm seeing a lot of predictions coming out from experts around the league, different outlets, a lot of people pegging the Bruins as being fourth in the Atlantic, maybe fifth. I saw one person from Daily Faceoff picking them to finish as low as seventh. I think that's just wild. Um, I expect... The thing is, like I've been saying, I think the Bruins, when healthy, are a high-end team in the NHL. But the reality is, they're starting the season without McAvoy and Marchand, and that will keep them from excelling early on. So I can see a situation where they, yeah, play maybe 500 or a bit under to over the first several weeks of the season, and then really ramp things up, and it will level out. So they're not President's Trophy team, but they're also not going to miss the playoffs. So it's fair to pencil them in as fourth in the Atlantic, but I could see them finishing as high as second if Florida and Tampa take a bit of a step back. I do see the Maple Leafs finishing first regular season at least. When it comes to Stanley Cup predictions, I think it's easy to pick the Lightning to go back. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are a popular pick. I would love to see Bruins Oilers. Uh, my pick is Calgary coming out of the Western Conference. And I'm going to stick with a surprise pick in the East and say the New York Rangers with goaltending being king in New York once again. Now, who knows? I mean, preseason predictions. Predictions before the playoffs are a crapshoot, much less in October. So much can happen. So much does happen. You look at, I always say you look at teams on opening night. You look at teams after the trade deadline. And then you look at the rosters that are on opening night of the postseason and kind of go accordingly. Again, I do think the Bruins do have a chance to have a special season once everybody's healthy. And if they can stay healthy, that's key for every team. Health injuries is an X factor. If you want to know five things, you need to know about the Bruins. I posted a video earlier today about, um, yeah, five things you need to know about the Bruins heading into this season. Injuries were not allowed to be mentioned because it's just an easy thing to mention as a potential uh, factor. Everybody has to deal with it. It comes up. We know the Bruins have a couple injuries to begin the season. 
And I do believe once McAvoy and Marchand are back, they have a chance to be a very, very good team. Okay? Again, keep it locked to Locked On Boston Bruins for the latest on tomorrow night's opening night roster, if there's any changes, which there will be because they only have 20 active players. Uh, I'm picking the Flames out of the West because somehow they managed to arguably get better despite losing Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, adding Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, Nazem Kadri. Uh, they already had a very good defense core. They have a high-end goalie in Jacob Markstrom. They have some guys who could uh, break out, like a Dylan Dubé. I'm hoping he does because I have him in a keeper league. I think all around, they're a very, very strong team. And adding Mackenzie Weger cannot be underestimated. On the Rangers side of thing, things, they're young. They have some guys who could potentially break out in Capocacco, Alex Lafreniere, Vitaly Kravtsov. Uh, they have, obviously, the goaltending in Igor Shesterkin. And they have a pretty good mobile defense in, um, you know, Adam Fox, Keandre Miller, uh, and the like. So I, I like the Rangers coming up. Just seeing now that the Bruins have indeed placed Charlie McAvoy on long-term injured reserve, meaning they now have an extra $9.5 million in available cap space. So there could be some coinciding moves wherein Riley, Felino, Wagner recalled. So again, keep it locked to Locked On Boston Bruins as Charlie McAvoy placed on long-term injured reserve. And we'll see what the offshoot of that is here uh, coming up. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Boston Ruins once again. I really do appreciate all the support. We were up to number 18 on the Apple podcast rankings for hockey podcasts in the United States yesterday, which is amazing. Thank you so much for the support. And uh, let's have the biggest season yet here on Locked On Boston Ruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Take care of yourselves, friends. Take care of each other. And uh, we'll talk to you again here tomorrow.